Okay, those of you who don't know me, my name's Adrian, and I'll be taking us from this point. Uh, I don't know about you, but I like parties. Uh, I may not look like someone who'd like a party, but I, I do like parties, I can promise you that. Um, I don't know why everyone laughed then, actually. I, I, think, I, th I genuinely think I do look like someone who'd like a party. Um, I, I'm going to feel very insecure now. I'm not really. Um, there are loads and loads of different sorts of reasons to have a party. Uh, and I know when I was growing up, I would find as many, many reasons as possible. And I can remember often uh, one of the parties I loved hosting for other people uh, was housewarming parties. And whenever any of my friends moved into a home, I had literally, within a week, I phoned everyone we knew saying, because at that point there was no text, sorry, that's how old I am. I literally phoning people. This is the, the dark ages. Phoning people saying, come here, it's going to be amazing. And word would spread and people would be attracted and we'd have an amazing night. Because house parties were fun. And my guess is each of us have been in kind of house parties or housewarming parties. And the thing with the housewarming party is maybe it's that you're a student and you've kind of rented your first house. And you think, man, finally, I get to set the rules. <laughs> and so I get to do whatever I want. So you invite everyone around and then realize why there are rules uh, after everyone goes. Or maybe it's that you buy your first home. And you don't kind of get everyone around immediately because you don't want everyone to see it with all the boxes around and uh, the fact that you've just spent ages moving stuff and lugging things in and you think, man, I'm just shattered. The last thing in the world I want is a load of people here at this point. Rather, you kind of wait a few weeks and you get to that point where you think, actually, now it's ready. Now everyone come round because I want you to enjoy what I'm enjoying. And if you like, what we're doing today is like a housewarming party. It's a housewarming party for Sam that isn't saying that today he gets the keys to a new home, but rather it's a moment of him saying to everyone, hey, do you know what, I used to live in this old house, and now I'm getting to live in this new house. And that's what baptism is about. It's about like a signpost of what's going on. It's this moment where we'll see, and it's very bizarre. Like if you're here and you've not been around before, I'm sorry, what you are looking at is weird. And it's okay to say that. It is weird that a grown man is going to go into a giant bathtub that's in the back hall, it's made of wood, and then it's going to be put in there and then stuck underwater, the whole of him, with a couple of people holding him down. <laughs> and then, I promise you, he will then come back up. And if at that point you're not thinking, this is a bit weird, I'd think, it's okay to say it is. Because it is a bit weird. Grown man, gone underwater and then comes out. So that's quite high pitched, wasn't it? <laughs> Why? Um, that's what, if I get excited, my voice goes higher, and then uh, we'll see how high it goes by the end. But I guess that's what I want to explain at this moment is why is Sam doing this? Because actually, it is deeply spiritually significant that when he goes underwater, it's signifying something. And when he comes back out, it's signifying something else. And to help me explain that, I want to just look at a little bit of the Bible. And then we're going to, through it, look and say, well, what was this old home that Sam used to look, live in? And what's this new home that Sam now lives in and is seeking to live in the good of? And it's written by a guy called Paul in the Bible. And it's in Romans chapter 6, which is basically like a letter that he's writing to a bunch of people who are seeking to try and follow Jesus, put Jesus at the very center of their lives, which, not surprisingly, live in a place called Rome. 
uh, hence why it's called Romans. And so Paul writes this, so what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. And so I want to briefly just look at them. Well, okay, baptism, signpost, left an old house in an old country into a new house in a new country. So what does that look like? Well, whenever you move, you have some boxes, don't you? My boxes are very precariously stuck together, so we'll see how it works. And, and in it, what we find is the old home, I have to get the right side, was characterized in a certain way. And so in it, what we heard, and Sam said it, that in his story, he said, actually, there's this point in my life where I realized I was just living with me at the center. And living with me at the center meant that I kind of had this home with four different walls. And if you like, the, the first wall is a wall that, that Sam talked a lot about. It's a wall of fear. Fear of ultimately, what do people think of me? Am I good enough? What would people truly think about me if they really knew what I had done or what had been done to me? And it's like with this home with me at the center, Firstly, it causes us to live with this wall of fear. Secondly, I say it lives, causes us to live with a wall of restlessness. What we're going to find is there are four walls of the home. That kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Otherwise, if it was just one, that wouldn't be a home, would it? It'd just be a wall. And there just seems to be one person on the planet at the moment who just talks about walls. Um, but anyway, fear. Second wall, restlessness. That restlessness that's there that however much I get, it just doesn't seem to be enough. I'm continuously looking to, to find satisfaction in something or someone, but it doesn't ever seem to truly satisfy. Again, Sam kind of shared that, didn't he? He said, like, I had this life that I was living with me at the center, and it caused me to wonder what others thought of me, but it also caused me to continuously look to be satisfied in relationships, in value of what others thought, but it, it just didn't seem to work. And then third wall is brokenness. That ultimately, living with me at the center means that ultimately I'm more about how is this going to benefit me? How am I going to gain from any and every relationship rather than give? Because ultimately, I just want to know I'm okay. And that brokenness then means that it affects like how we then relate to each other. It affects how we relate within ourselves. It affects how we relate with God. It affects how we relate to the whole of creation. And so we find this third detail of this old home that Sam was living in, that I used to live in, was one of brokenness. And then lastly, is one of death. Man, you're like, man, I just came here to support a friend. <laughs> and suddenly you're like, death. Go back to the high-pitched voice. <laughs> Man, I can dress it up however one, but the reality is this. One of the things that each of us live with is the fact that we are mortal. And 
sometimes that feels a long way away, and sometimes something happens that suddenly think it brings it very close. And we realize we're just frail. We can dress it up, and we can put lots of creams on, we could dye our hair, because um, I'm not naturally gray. I actually dye this to um, make myself look very mature. Um, but we, we could dye how we can, we can like work out and become the most ripped individual that there is. And yet the reality is that we still get to a point where we know we can't escape where life seems to go, which is death. And so there's this old home, this old home that gets depicted as Sam is taken under the water. An old home that was characterized by fear, by brokenness, by restlessness and death. And that's what Sam knew. That for many of us in this room, we've been baptized too, and, we, and at this moment we get to remember, as Sam goes, hey, that's where I used to live. Man, maybe you're here and you're thinking, what does this mean for me? Well, maybe it's time to start asking the question. But the thing is, it isn't that we leave Sam underwater. But I want to just for a moment, if that's okay, just imagine, we're going to be in a big tub, and Sam's down there, and what he's doing is he's down underwater, and he's underwater, he's in the old house. That's what it's symbolizing. That's where he used to live. House characterized like this. But for him to come out of the water, he has to move. And whenever you move, it takes effort and cost. It takes the effort to pack up everything and move it to somewhere else. It takes the cost of paying to move something. Though, If you're in the rental market at the moment, it costs a lot. And maybe you've got someone who bails you out a bit to help you with that, but you have to put down a lot of deposit. If you're purchasing something for yourself, you have to put down money and then keep paying for it. There's a cost in moving. There's an effort in moving. And what Sam's saying is that actually today what I've realized is that the reason I can get out of the old house is because of Jesus. Because who Jesus is, how he lived, how he died and how he rose again, caused me to know that he's now paid the cost and he's done all the effort that enables me to move. And so amazingly, Sam will come out of water, come up out of the water. And as he comes out, it's that moment of saying, hey, he doesn't live there anymore. He's not in the old home. Actually, he's come out because of what Jesus has done and moved into a new home, a new home that's characterized by its location. A location that Paul talks about is a location about Jesus, with Jesus at the very center, that's kind of characterized by grace. And grace is one of those words that maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you grew up in a home where people used to say, let's say grace today before dinner. Or maybe it was, you've sung amazing grace. And it's a word that can feel familiar, but we can lose sense of what it truly means. And what grace means is unconditional mercy and favor. And that's what this new home is characterized by. And what Sam is doing is saying, actually, as I come up out of here, I want you to all know this is the home that I'm seeking to live in the good of. It isn't that I know all of it yet. He said that, didn't he, in his story? He said, I still know. I'm exploring what it looks like to live in this house, in this life. See, this house also has walls. It has a wall of love. The way the other one was characterized by fear, 
of what people might think. This one is characterized by unconditional love. The most perplexing statement by the most phenomenal musician and yet surprising individual to say it was Michael Jackson, who said this, if you start your life loved and end knowing the same, everything else in between can be dealt with. So you got hold of this thing that if you know at the very core of your being that you're more loved than you could ever imagine, not because of something you do or don't do, but because of just the fact that you are loved, actually whatever life throws at you can be dealt with. Because suddenly you realize that from the core of my being, I'm loved and accepted. And that love and acceptance means that actually I don't need to be worried about what others might think of what I've done or, or has been done to me because suddenly I know forgiveness. Suddenly I know a removal of shame because I'm loved. First of all, second of all, is rest. That suddenly in it is this house with Jesus at the very center. Suddenly everything that was being longed for is satisfied in him. That's what Sam was saying. I lived with me at the center, old life, and it didn't quite work. But what I'm discovering is everything I needed is in God. And therefore I can rest. Third rule, that of wholeness. He actually used the word, didn't he? He said, I knew I needed wholeness. Like Sam didn't know what I was going to talk about. I was like, man, I don't really need to talk, do I? And some of you are thinking, no, you didn't. But, but I'm still going to. Um, that third wall of wholeness is so important because suddenly we realize because we're more loved than we could dare to believe, we then get to live out of a place, not how do I gain from everything, but rather how can I give through everything? And suddenly it changes how we're able to relate to people. It gives us this baseline wholeness in who we are so we're able to relate differently to, to each other. We're able to relate differently within ourselves, able to relate differently to the whole of creation and most importantly to God. Realizing we're not trying to earn his love. We're not trying to earn acceptance saying, look how good I live or look how bad I do. Rather just knowing that God loves us because he loves us. And if we're able to approach him and allow him to define more and more of our lives, which brings us on to that fourth wall of life most profound claim of Christianity, that Jesus rose from the dead. And in it, he's then able to offer eternal life to anyone who'll believe. Man, that's either the best news ever or the most crazy thing you could ever hear. And that eternal life isn't something that's to come, but something to be entered into now. That actually gets to say that you get to live knowing there is a life to enjoy, a life to enjoy that is filled with love and rest and wholeness, but a life that will always continue, that death isn't the end, that actually there's a hope, a hope that actually will be with God forever. And we haven't got time to look at all of what that means, but maybe for some of us, we're thinking, man, if that's true, I need to ask some questions about it. Because surely it's worth asking some questions, even if you conclude that's crazy, I don't want anything to do with it. Because if there's a potential that it's true, then actually that could change everything. So today we get to celebrate a housewarming party. A housewarming party where Sam is saying, man, I had this old home I was living in. 
but now I'm in this new home. And as I get baptized, I want you to understand that's what we're celebrating. I've left the old home, I'm living in a new one, and it's all because of Jesus. And so my hope is, for those of us who've been baptized, it becomes a moment where we celebrate knowing what he's doing today and remembering ourselves what it's like for us. So maybe we're coming, we're just friends of Sam's, and we're thinking, man, I just wanted to show you that I love you and I'm for you. I don't really understand why you're doing this, but I love you and I'm for you. Maybe now you understand a little bit more, a little bit more of why Sam wanted you here to celebrate this. But I wonder if two other things, I wonder also for some of us is that it's going to wet our appetites a bit. And maybe today is a day where we think, I wonder if I should give a bit of 2018 to explore what Sam's discovered. And for you, that might be to just take a book when no one's looking. You know that book, um, whatever it's called. If God, then what? (laughs) There's another book that's called whatever it's called. No, If God, then what? And like they're on the bookshelf, so like literally you could like sneak out, no one knows, take it, no one's going to think you've nicked it. If you want to feel like you've nicked it, just to feel cool, you could do that. But we're giving away. So that might be for some of you. For others of you, it could be that you're thinking, man, I just want to ask some questions. And for you, I'd love to talk to you at the end, just to say, not I'm going to answer your questions there and then, but talk about an environment maybe that we could create that could ask, allow you moments to ask questions and for us to figure out stuff together. Not for you to be told what to think, but you to figure it out. And then the last group, I think, is those about announce. I reckon there's some people here who know they've moved home. They're followers of Jesus. They know that Jesus has done the effort and the cost. They know that they were in an old home and they now live in a new home. But they've never had that moment of celebrating. They've never had that moment of saying, hey, This is what's gone on. And for you, maybe today is the day where you say, hey, I want to do that. It's not going to make me move home. It's It's just signifying what I've done. Because I know that this is something to be celebrated. And it may have been that I've been taking time to live in the new home. But it doesn't have to look perfect to have the party. And so for some of us, it's just, today is a day of saying, actually, I want to get baptized. And for you, I'd love for you also to come and speak to me. And it looks like I'm, I'm going to have a queue of people. Or maybe I'll have a queue of no one. It doesn't bother me. I'm not going to kind of feel valued as to who comes and speaks to me. Rather, I hope that for each of us, we're able to enter in from this next moment, effectively knowing what's going on, able to celebrate with Sam, and maybe able to think, oh, this is what it means for me. Do you mind if I just pray for us? Um, if you do, then I, sorry, you can't probably respond. That's an unfair question. Um, if you do, I'm, I'm not going to be watching. What I'd ask you to do, uh, if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes. We close our eyes, not some mystical thing. It's just a way of not getting distracted by other stuff going on. And I'm just going to pray for us, and then we're literally going to end, and then I'll explain some things. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you so much that we get to stand and celebrate with Sam this amazing new life that he has uh, that's characterized by this amazing home. That's all about your love, your wholeness, your rest, and your life. And I pray, God, that today would be an unbelievable adventure for him. 
I pray, God, that he would feel just more and more of your love. I pray also, God, that, that you'd cause him to continue this adventure of exploring more and more of the home that you've called him to live in. But God, I want to pray for all the rest of us. And I pray, God, would you cause today to be significant for us as well? I pray, God, for those of us who know you, I pray, would you reveal something more of the life that you have for us? And I pray for those of us who are just here, just think, I'm figuring this stuff out, or I'm not sure. I pray, would you reveal something more of yourself? Ask that for your glory, Jesus. Amen.